You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. Podcast. I am your co-host Luke Poulos and today I am bringing you an episode that I am really excited about with one of my great friends Shay Mullins. Shay was my classmate at West Point and was one of the captains for our Army West Point lacrosse team in 2016. Today we will dive into some of the things that the lacrosse team did really well to promote leadership, some of the lessons Shay learned as a captain and some things he would change, how his coach, Coach Abarisi, personally developed his captains, and Shay's own views on team leadership and how to become a better leader. Shay is a native of Long Island, New York, and is currently stationed at Fort Stewart as a field artillery officer. Again, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Shay today on another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. Shay, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on today. How are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, really excited. Uh, for those of you that didn't catch the intro, Shay's one of my good, good friends. Uh, classmates at West Point, and he was the captain our senior year in 2016. Um, so let's just try, jump right into it, Shay. So mm-hmm. what were uh, some of the things that the, the team did that systematically built leaders uh, on the West Point lacrosse team? Yeah, man, it's like what you and Coach A talked about, right? So we got things like tucking your shirts, running out of the practice. Um, we had like the lunchbox guy. Um, you know, we had the baseball bat. Just things that like symbolize our hard work and our and our attitude and our towards uh, towards the cross. But one of the things I always thought about was for us, um, it's not really unique to us. I mean, it's kind of across the board with all college teams. But there's other aspects. Just it's just not just the cross, right? So like off the field, we always had a guy that was like the who'd always tutor the younger guys, and that stuff matters, right? So if you don't have the grades, you can't play. Um, we always had guys that like for us. One unique thing was. Um, we had like our military aspect of, of everything we did. And we had guys that like kept everyone accountable, making sure they weren't getting in trouble off the field. I think a good example of that was Connor Cook. Um, you know, we, we, you know, we messed with Connor Cook a lot. But at the end of the day, he was a guy that always made, made sure guys were doing well in school, making sure guys weren't getting in trouble and they were doing the right thing, which is really important because if you don't handle those things, like you don't have to be a stud with those other, with those other aspects, you know, but you have to at least get the minimum. Um, cause if you don't, you can't play or if, you know, you're messing up and guys are, are always on you. Um, like other, not guys on the crossing, but like other, you know, people at the Academy, um, that stuff transfers over to the crossfield, right? So when you have that extra baggage, it's tough to perform at, at, at your, at your peak, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that was really important. Yeah, no, I completely understand. I, I would agree with you. Obviously West Point has some has some inherent things that you have to take care of off the field. But I think the, the emphasis on the little things mm-hmm. um, and, and empowering people, like you said, like Connor and other guys on the team yep. to take initiative and help guys out where they need it, whether it be in the classroom or, or at West Point um, in, in the company area and taking yep. care of that military stuff. Um, so I, that, that kind of hit one of my next questions, but 
do, do you think there are any other things that were done behind the scenes or off the field other than, you know, the academic and the military stuff, helping people out uh, that you felt really promoted leadership development and team cohesion on the team? Um, yeah, I mean, I think all the, I think um, for the team cohesion part, one of the big things was always a weight room, in my opinion. Um, we'd go in there and, you know, you, you usually lift it after practice, so we're always pretty tired as it is. And Coach Watson didn't really care we were tired, which is good. Um, helps make you tougher, but you're with all the guys, you know, lifting weights, guys that get pretty juiced up. People get people get a little crazy, and it's good to see, right? So you get a bunch of dudes that are like always uh, pretty stressed out, and they go to practice, and then then they finally get in the weight room, and you're pretty tired. It's at the end of the day; it's a real last minute thing you got to do physically. And then we go in the weight room, and then we we go pretty hard, man. I thought that was really beneficial, and really helpful. You watch guys PR and their lifts, stuff like that. And people get pretty pretty pumped up about that, and it just makes you better, right? You know, the stronger you get, the better crossfit you're going to get, the faster you're going to get. Um, so I thought the weight room was a really important part of what we did. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely our practices, anybody who's, who's seen or been or experienced one of Coach A's practices knows it's it's no joke. It's usually two and a half to three hours. And uh, then to follow that up with with the weight room, uh, and, and you mentioned Coach Swanson, his, his workouts are no joke either. Yep. Uh, for us to have the energy and the effort that we put in uh, day in and day out, uh, the results are seen on the lacrosse field, I think, just from our blue-collar nature. But do you think that that energy and that excitement and that that buy-in in the weight room following practice, do you think that's more a result of something that the coaches did, whether it be Coach Watson or Coach A, or do you think that was something driven by um, the captains or the the senior leadership or other leaders on the team? Yeah, so it's actually – I think it's a combination of all the things, right? So, like, Coach A and Coach Watson don't feel bad for you, right? They shouldn't hold you accountable they don't care you're tired you still got to perform right and then it's on the players and then you're really looking at the seniors right the seniors can't go in there and not go hard right because if they don't go hard then no one else is it's just it's just part of being a leader is you always got to do everything pretty hard you have to do all the tough stuff and you always have to be the guy that goes like above and beyond you know you know what i mean so when you get in the weight room coach a coach Watson, they don't care you're tired and then you get in there and you're like this is gonna suck but everyone's gonna be looking at you right the young guy 18 years old brand new, doesn't know really what it's like to be in the weight room with the West Point lacrosse team. So you're the guy that's kind of have to go go pretty hard. And it's not about, like, talking. Like, you can go in there and yell and be like, oh, I thought this is really important. But honestly, in my opinion, that stuff doesn't matter, right? You have a guy that actually lifts hard. You actually got to do it. Um, for me, like, words are somewhat important, but actually doing it is the most important part. It's like, yeah, you're tired and it's pretty tough, but no one cares. So you have to go in there and go as hard as you can. Just to show, because that, that trickles down to all the other guys. So if, like, a dude sees you going hard, he's probably going to want to want to push himself because that's just kind of people that we attract. We don't attract guys that are that are soft or lazy. We attract guys that want to be the best. So when they see you going hard, they're going to try to match that intensity. So that's what I think is a combination of both those things. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would 100% agree. Uh, I know as a freshman, uh, there were definitely the guys that were the, the vocal hype guys. Um, and then the combination of that and then seeing dudes that kind of just uh, kept their mouth shut in the weight room, but they were putting up crazy numbers day yep. in, day out after practice. The combination of both those was kind of like, oh, like this is what yeah. I have to do uh, if yep. I want to get there by uh, next year or the year after. Yep. Um, so along with uh, the weight room and all those little things, mm -hmm. 
Is there anything else uh, or what else do you want to highlight uh, about Coach Abarisi that, that you loved about his coaching or anything that he did well in terms of developing leaders? Yeah. Anything like that? Yeah, so two main characteristics that I think about. Um, the first one is he's authentic. Um, so what he says, uh, he actually means, right? And that ties into his passion, right? That Coach A is probably the most passionate. I mean, I can't say it for, for sure because I haven't been in every single locker room around the country, obviously. But, I mean, that guy brings it. You know what I mean? He puts his – he legitimately puts his heart and soul into it. Um, and it's not fake, which is really important because – a lot of guys that are, that are socially intelligent can tell when you're faking it. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're authentic, it means a ton more. It means a lot more. Um, you know, just going into games, guy gets pretty fired up. Um, and that obviously carries over to us and then how we um, – how our mentality is going into games. So I think the combination of um, him being authentic, his authentic side of leadership, and then his um, – and then his passion – are two things that I think just really, really stand out uh, for him above everybody else. And, then, you know, when you're, when you're a leader, you're a senior, you're a junior, it doesn't even matter what grade you're in. You see that, that passion, you're like, you know, you're trying to match that, man. It's crazy. It's, it's very, uh, it's almost, it's almost a gift that he's got. You know what I mean? Like most people aren't like that. Um, they just literally cannot reach his level, but you know, the way he's born or Ray, I don't know what it is, but a uh, guy's got a gift for, uh, for leadership in general, but man, that guy's passion is unbelievable. That, that's what, that's what always stands out to me. Cause you know, I see that and that makes me try to get better. You know what I mean? It makes me try to get more passionate, get more fired up about this kind of things, put in that, that effort and that hard work. Yeah. That was definitely uh, one of the things that I highlighted when, uh, when Ben interviewed me was, was coach A's just passion and his yeah. pregame speeches was one of the things that I highlighted and something yeah. that I at least took for granted yep. until there was a week that inside lacrosse had done a inside the locker room piece on, uh -huh. on somebody else in the conference. And it was the, the day of the game right before they went out. And it was one of the coaches giving their pregame speech. And I was just mm -hmm. like, Whoa, like that yeah. is garbage compared to what coach a puts out. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the passion and intensity for sure is always stands out. But I think an important thing that you mentioned was the authenticity. Mm -hmm. um, and, and like you said, anyone with any kind of social intelligence with, um, in terms of understanding people's uh, passion, especially. Yeah. Um, like, it's so easy to see when people fake it. Like, if someone's getting hyped, and you can tell when they're not, they're not into it or when they're not 100% bought in. And I think that was something uh, that, I'll, that I'll double down on with Coach A, that you, you knew everything that was coming out of his mouth, he 100% believed in. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that does, it completely spreads to your players. And it's like, Hey, if he as a coach is doing this, what do I got to do as a player? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Was there, was there anything to go along with that, that, that coach a did personally to mentor or develop you as a captain? Obviously uh, you had a little bit of a different relationship with coach a than the rest of us at, as a captain, but is there anything specifically he did within that role to mentor or, or develop you? Yeah, I mean, I think it was always uh, the little talks were, for me, the most important. Like, we, I come to the locker room, and, um, you know, we would talk for a little bit, and he would generally just wonder how the guys are doing, how they're, how they're feeling, um, you know, like what's their, their mental state, their emotional state, their, uh, their physical state. Um, I think that was pretty important because it showed that he, that he cares and um, 
he's a pretty intelligent guy, right? So he, he just based off how you're feeling, right? You can make a plan out, out to, you know, how you have a practice plan for two months, but you got to adjust it uh, sometimes, right? You see how you're playing, what you need to work, work on, what you need to get better at. Um, I think Coach Air is really good at that, right? He always come in and um, – He's always just wondering how we're doing. He really cared. Um, he had a lot of empathy for his players. Not, not he definitely wasn't soft. I was, don't want anyone to get confused on that. I promise you. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's a, he's a very intelligent guy. And uh, for me, it was always just I would always try to mirror his leadership, not in like a way like to change. Like I still was trying to be pathetic, right. I'm not trying to be like a little coach A. Mm-hmm. But there were like characteristics that I saw that he that he had. I'd always try to mirror. Um, or, or just work on. So I could be – that for me, that's, that's I think, where I got the most development, was just, like, seeing how he operated as a leader. Because um, yeah. he's the top guy at the end of the day. He's the head coach. He's the top dog. Yep. No, I would, I would agree. And that was something I appreciated. And I didn't have the, the involvement that you did on that level. But um, it was definitely visible, especially junior and senior year, after you understand how Coach A operates. Yeah. The ability to gauge – uh, the, the team's mentality day in and day out and being able yeah. to adjust on the fly. Yep. Um, and I think that's something really important for coaches to understand that that's one of the main roles that your captains play is, is the ability to have that firsthand in the locker room, peer-to-peer talk and be able to feel how the team is, feel the, the environment and feel the culture day in and day out. Yep. And getting that feedback to make sure everyone's on the same page. Because if you come into the locker room one day and you think everyone's up, ready to go, but you have no idea that something happened in school that day or, you know, um, something going on with one specific class on the team or there's something internally that's that there's like a feud or something and you have no idea, you're not aware of it, yep. um, that's going to completely throw everything off track. Like you said, you can plan everything out to a T for the next year, um, but – but the difference between coaches is the ability to adjust and find balance. And like you said, it's not, it's not changing who you are to be some kind of fake person as a captain, taking the good and, and being able to input that and integrate it into your own mentality and your own authentic leadership um, and just enhancing the overall buy-in of the team. Um, So moving on from kind of the experience and more of, of your first hand on the team, what has been one of your favorite stories or what was one of your favorite stories during your time as a captain? Yeah. So my favorite story is senior year. We lost uh, the star game to Navy in overtime, which is pretty tough. Lost on a, on a fake flip. Um, so yeah, it was pretty brutal. Right. Um, when you lose that game and then you go and then you, you know, come together with all the guys and practice that, that next practice you have. It's pretty tough. It's actually very, very difficult. It's harder than, than I thought it would be. Uh, it's kind of awkward. You're like, you know, you lost the biggest game. Like, this kind of makes or break your season. Um, but we were fortunate enough to get another shot, which is pretty crazy, right? So, we got shot at them in the Page League tournament. Um, we were at their place. Um, don't I, I could be wrong on this, but I want to say they were – I want to say they were top ten at the time. I want to say they were ranked number nine. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but they're ranked pretty well, right? So we're going to the game, the underdog, uh, already lost. So if we lose this game, now we go we go three and three against them. But if we win, we go four and two. That's over our full year, our, our, uh, all the games over four years that we have. So, like, 
for me, there there's a lot of line, man. Uh, that would haunt me till the day I die, honestly, man. That's one of the last things I'm thinking about on my deathbed is like, dude, we won three and three. I can't believe we blew it like that going on to my senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go in that game. They're really good. Um, you know, obviously we're really good too, but you know they're they're pretty stacked. And uh, we play them. We come out swinging. We go. We jump on them early. And then all of a sudden they start creeping back, man. And uh, they keep creeping back, creeping back. And uh, you can always you can always tell like their crowd actually plays a factor in it, because um, their, their crowd's pretty loud when they score a goal. They might be down by five, but when the crowd goes crazy, it makes it seem like they're down by two. So a little bit of doubt creeps in the back of your mind. You get a little nervous. But uh, fourth quarter, we just scored a couple big goals, and I think uh, Connor Cook was a guy to kind of seal it for us. And for me, that was the biggest one because, for me, that was the most pressure I've ever felt. I think a lot of guys felt a lot of pressure. Um, it was a good team we played, um, and it was against Navy. It was the last time we are ever going to play them, and we beat them. For me, that was my favorite story because we went, we were pretty low. For me, I know I wasn't totally like We were pretty low. And after that game, we are pretty high, man. So it's uh, – why it's mental, man. It's a tough mental battle, being low like that and being being able to bounce back and win again. Um, it shows the guys were pretty mentally tough that year, and we were, we were pretty fortunate just to get a shot at them. But that's why I liked the most. It was, it was hard to get the guys not be completely down. But man, that was uh, that was a roller coaster. That's what I enjoyed the most. Yeah, always the Navy games are always some of my favorite stories as well, and I, I remember that game vividly. Um, yeah, that game towards the end of the season. <laughs> um, the regular season game, that was a tough one to swallow. Yep. Um, but uh, being able to come back, just the resilience of the guys on the team to come back, take them down as the number one seed in the tournament at home. Um, and, and for us seniors, like you said, to come out four and two mm-hmm. against them over four years instead of, instead of three and three, that's a, that's a huge difference. And people may say the star games are, are more important, but uh, when you're playing for, for a conference championship, yeah, what to put us in the, in the final as that one did, uh, that yeah. definitely was a, was a bigger deal for me. And I think for everyone else on the team. Yeah. Um, so yeah. in a way, saved, saved the season, um, kept us going, kept the playoff hopes alive. Um, and, and obviously, um, the Navy game maker makes or breaks your season. Like you said. Yeah. I mean, the star game, like it's great. You wear like a little stupid star on your little jacket. But when you're playing the playoffs and it could be the last game, the last cross game you ever play and you lose against your rival, yeah. that's pretty tough. So, yeah. you know what I mean? 100%. Um, so, other other than that loss senior year, were there were there any big challenges uh, as a captain you faced or, or anything that you wish you could have done different as uh, as during your time as a captain? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys already talked about it was that whole disaster. Uh, not disaster, but, you know, just like stupid little mistakes that people uh, tend to magnify, um, you know, with us, like some, a couple off the field issues that generally at other colleges isn't, isn't a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I would have changed up if I go back in time would definitely be, um, it's kind of like a weird one, I guess, but like it'd be, uh, I guess it would be, I would, this is so easy for me to say now, but like it'd be for me to work even harder Right, so I got, I got a lot of knowledge now, like more knowledge now that I, that I did back then um, with like, you know, di- different things like stuff like Doc Z goes over, right? So like, you know, sport, all the sports psychology stuff. And, you know, when you look back at all those times that you guys went out, that we went out and we, we partied it up and stuff like that, man, and then none of that stuff matters. Um, it probably has some effect on you, on your performance, right? Um, it's kind of nitpicky. 
Um, and, you know, maybe those things were necessary to kind of to cut loose. But I think uh, I think if I could go back in time, I would have traded in a lot of those days and went out to uh, to shoot some more balls with some guys, watch some more film. Um, and like I said, it's so easy to say now that I'm, that I'm out of there and that pressure's off. I'm, you know, pretty comfortable um, in life. Um, but that's one thing that I probably would have changed if I go back in time, for sure. Yeah, I would agree. That was that was one of the things I had mentioned was utilizing Doxy yep. for sure more. But yep. definitely at, at West Point, we I, I think it's it's easy for us to justify going out um, yeah. and taking the, the off days maybe yeah. uh, because of everything else we have to deal with and not having the normal college experience. And I think some of that is true to an extent. I think you do have to let loose every once in a while. Otherwise, you're going to end up with a super uptight team and, and cause yeah. a lot of conflict internally. Absolutely. But I, I would say 100%, there are definitely some, some nights that we didn't need to go yep. um, out or a couple of days where we probably could have just been in the weight room or, or shooting yeah. balls instead of sitting on the couch watching uh, yeah. Cops rerun or Family Feud. Yep. So 100% agree. Um, and, and that's something that coaches – I know coaches in every program harp that – all the time but especially for you captains out there uh if it comes from you that is such a bigger difference and such a huge difference than coming from a coach because the coach is kind of different he's outside the team he, yeah. he doesn't understand what you're going through but coming from a captain on the team someone who's done it for four years or three years depending on what year a captain and then going out and showing that as an example uh it, it makes all the difference in the world Yep. your teammates and the younger guys especially mm -hmm. so I think that that's a great answer to that and I and I it, it, you may think it's a cliche answer but I think it's one that, that can't be said enough thanks for listening to the captain's coach podcast with Luke Poulet if you liked what you just heard please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.